Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. Welcome to our summer reading series 2018. Uh, Today I have with me the beautiful Tess Woods from Western Australia. Hello, Tess. Hello, that was a lovely introduction. Thank you. Yeah, and what we're doing here, everyone, is we're all relaxed on the beach, we're all having a lovely time, and we're choosing our favourite authors to showcase. So, of course, I had to turn to our beautiful beautiful Tess and beautiful Messy Love. Tess, tell us about your newest release. Okay, Beautiful Messy Love is actually a follow-on from my first book, Love at First Flight, but you don't need to have read Love at First Flight to have read this one. It's a standalone, and what I've done is taken the children from the first book, and they're now adults, so the book's set a few years in advance. Uh, It's about a brother and a sister, Nick and Lily Harding, and Nick is, he's Australia's most popular footy player. He's a little bit of a bad boy with a reputation and Lily is studying her fifth year of medicine. Uh, They're 22 and 23 years old, and both of them are feeling a little bit lost in their lives at the time that the book starts and at a bit of a loose end. And on the same weekend, they meet people who are going to change the course of their lives. So Nick meets Anna, who is a young uh, refugee girl Uh, who is a waitress at a cafe that he walks into, and Lily meets Toby, who is a man grieving his wife at the cancer hospital where she works and his wife is in palliative care. So the book kind of takes place over a football season, so from March to October, and it shows what happens with these four people whose lives end up really interconnected throughout. Yeah, so that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> and that's it, that in a nutshell, everyone. The book uh, is out now, isn't it, Tess? Yes, yes. It was released at the end of July. And it's got the most amazing cover. It's a beautiful cover, everybody, and that's what attracted it to me in the first place. Uh, you do have another oh, book coming out, but not until 2019, is it? Yes, so it was uh, slated for 2018, but I found myself really pushed and I just wanted to take my time with the edits and I, the day that I finished my uh, redraft of it, I rang my editor the next morning actually and um, there was a really big rewrite to do and I told her that I just felt like I couldn't produce the book well to the level that I wanted for next year. So we've actually decided to put it off to 2019 and that book is called Love and Other Battles and it's a completely separate book to what I've been writing with the same family for my first two. These are all new people and it's a three-generation story um, beginning with the grandmother who was a hippie during um, Australia's involvement in the Vietnam War and then her daughter who is a school principal and her granddaughter who is a student at the school where her mother works. It's more of family drama than a romance, this one, but there's definitely some romantic elements in it. Yeah, we need romance. We all need romance. Everyone, we need more romance. (laughs) I'd like to take a a quick peek behind the scenes of a day in the life of a writer. Uh, What what do you get up to when you're actually working? Well, my days, I have no two days are the same. Uh, I work part-time as well. I run my own um, physiotherapy clinics. 
So I try and write on the days when I'm not working. Uh, Usually I write first thing in the morning. So I get the kids off to school and try and get a block of writing done. I try and do around 2,000 words, uh, which I sometimes I write more, but I rarely let myself write less when I sit down to write. Um, so I work in blocks like that and then I get, you know, my housework done and all the try and get some exercise in and all the other stuff that needs doing. But I do try and make the writing the first thing that happens so that, you know, it's done and it's out of the way. But I'm not a very – I know some people write every day and that's not the kind of writer I am. I go in fits and starts. So I can sometimes write, you know, six, 7,000 words in a day and then not write for a week. So I'm not all that consistent with my writing. Yeah. And there goes the romance out the door, everybody. Writing is hard work. Writing is real life. We we know that. And then we've got to go and do the dishes. Uh, so it doesn't... Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, where do you write? Do you have a, a special little romantic writing nook, perhaps? Uh, oh, well, it's romantic for other reasons. Not so much writing, but I write in bed. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I don't have a desk. I yeah I don't really write anywhere else but in bed I bought a treadmill desk um which is great for writing blogs um and doing social media stuff and editing and all of that but I find that I can't actually write draft and create while I'm walking on the treadmill desk so I need to be in my bed tucked up under the covers cup of tea bit of chocolate and away I go yeah. Now that's romantic, everybody. You've got to have chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate <laughs> works for writing. Uh, look, Tess, that is absolutely fantastic uh, because we're trying to demystify that that writing, that whole romance of the writer. It's hard work, everybody. Yeah. It takes discipline. Sometimes writers, yeah. um, you know, fall fall over like everybody else. Uh, but Tess, it was interesting. We'll go back a little bit to that next book that's coming out in two thousand and nineteen. The pressure yeah. of churning out books is quite high, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I feel really fortunate, actually, that I've got an amazing publisher. And when I spoke to her about feeling pressured and, you know, just having wanting to do just the big rewrite and finding that it was all too much, she was really understanding and lovely. And she said, you know, what matters to us is your health and that you're not going to burn yourself, you know, out and all of that. But there certainly is, in the industry, there's certainly the expectation to churn out books, yeah. So I think it's something that writers, you know, um, feel very acutely. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your book tour because they all, that all seems like good fun as well until you discover the hard work behind it. Yes, yes, it's extremely hard work. That was actually one of the really big reasons that I wanted to have next year uh, without a release was because I felt like I'd just come back from book tour and thought, oh, my goodness, I have to start planning another one, and it just made me want to cry. Um, so they are, the great thing about book tour is that when you write, it's such a lonely thing to do, but book tour just brings you in touch with all the people who read your book and you get to travel around the country meeting people that your writing has touched and I I really love that face-to-face connection with readers but I think I'm someone who doesn't do well away from my family I know some people love traveling on their own 
but I pine for my family when I'm away. So I find that draining. Um, and I think I'm just a bit of a homebody. So after a, you know, a couple of weeks on tour, I find that I'm really ready to call it a day and come home. Yeah, because we're um, we're quite introverted, us riders, aren't we, Tess? We, we just prefer our homes. But having said yeah. that, I've got to let you in on a little secret, everybody. This lady has the most amazing riding retreats. Would you like to tell us uh, how they came about and where you're off to? Yeah, well, it came about because I had FOMO when I saw that Vanessa Carnivale did a riding retreat in Tuscany a couple of years ago and it made me desperately want to do that as well it looked amazing and for us it was just a way that if I run a riding retreat it makes travel overseas affordable for my family so um, the very first retreat that I'm doing is in a couple of weeks in December in Wales Um, and I'm taking six riders with me they are hopefully going to have the week of their lives I'm planning to do beautiful meals for them and I'm running a workshop for them every day. Um, My husband's hired a little minivan so we can do little day trips and we've um, rented an absolutely stunning, uh, it's a heritage listed home in Wales, um, out in rural Wales actually. So yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Hopefully it's going to be great. And then I've got another one in July on Geograph Bay in Western Australia with another six riders coming, but I actually have one spot has just come up. So I've had a last minute, um, well, not really last minute, but a cancellation. So yeah, I've got one spot left if anyone wants to take it. Yeah, I want to go, everybody. Um, trouble is, West Australian <laughs> coast in winter, it would be more snuggly and romantic than, than I guess, swimming weather. Yes, I definitely prefer going down south. I mean, we, but it's our favourite um, destination to go down south here in WA and I definitely prefer it in winter because it's still mild so you still get to go and enjoy the beach but you can still have fires at night and it's just really lovely. It's still sunny. Um, but yeah, just, you can rug up, which is lovely. You kind of get the best of both worlds. And I've got to tell you everybody, Margaret River wines are to die for. Yeah. The whole region is just amazing. Yeah. And a very good spot to have a riders retreat. All right. Moving along because is our, is our summer reading talking about the books that influenced you to become a writer. I noticed the magic Faraway tree is right there at the top of the list. Yes. I discovered Enid Blyton when I was a little girl. Um, actually, I think I learned to speak English through reading because I migrated when I was five uh, and just reading reading and being read aloud too and reading aloud was kind of – and watching Sesame Street was how I learned to speak English. So I can credit Enid Blyton with really teaching me how to read because uh, the, li- the school librarian used to come and grab me um, pretty much every day and read aloud to me from Enid Blyton books. So, yeah, she's definitely had a profound influence on my reading life. And now as a mother, I enjoyed reading her books to my children when they were little as well. So I hope that tradition keeps going. Look, everybody's got to love Enid Blyton. Um, yeah. I, I teach Enid Blyton to my young scholars and we do our classics and we talk about Enid Blyton. Uh, I think we've all had some kind of relationship with her, uh, with some yeah. of her books. Uh, that would be a great place to do a writer's retreat. Oh, it'd just be beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I'll go on that one. I'll go on the Enid Blyton one. <laughs> uh, the Thornbirds is an is another seminal uh, text that that we talk about, and Darry Fraser coming along behind her, writing the same sort of stuff. Ah, yes. So the Thornbirds was the first kind of um, adult book that I read. And I absolutely fell in love with that story. I was obsessed with the Thornbirds. I think I read it three or four times uh, in my teen years, early 20s. And I just, I, she's, you know, one of my all-time favourite authors, the great Colleen McCulloch. And I, um, when my agent was actually looking around for publishers for me, I very much insisted that I wanted to be with HarperCollins and if she could, you know, put all her efforts into HarperCollins, purely there was no other reason but the fact that they had published Colleen McCulloch and I wanted to say I had the same publisher as the Thornbirds. So I'm very, very happy that we're now, you know, on the same bookshelf in the HarperCollins office. That's a real buzz for me. Hey, well, you're as famous, you're famous, you're one of our most famous Australian authors, you're over there with Rachel Johns, uh, which brings me to my final question, what you're reading now. Ah, okay, I, um, I'm actually just reading a short, right now I'm just reading a short story, um, which is by Renee Canulty. She actually wrote um, this gorgeous book. She's a self-published Australian author and a blogger. She's a fantastic blogger and book reviewer as well. But she self-published a book. um, I've just the, I know it's a dance song, the name. I've just lost the name of it for a second. Um, oh, it was Don't Mean a Thing. I was, I was trying to think of the song. I knew it was Ain't Got That Swing or something like that, but it was Don't Mean a Thing. And um, it's just this beautiful story that she wrote uh, that I loved last year. It had swing dancing in it and it was about um, being involved in the Australian Army. And she's just done two little short stories that are prequels to this book. So I'm actually enjoying those at the moment. But I've got a lot of friends at the moment who are going to be released early next year. So I have a pile of um, ARCs to read, which is very exciting to get to read books for other people. Absolutely fantastic. Are you allowed to tell us who they are? Uh, yes, so Lauren Chater is um, just messaged me yesterday actually asking if I would like to read her ARC. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I have Sunny Overend's new book. Um, I've just finished Vanessa Carnevale's The Memories That Make Us. That was just beautiful. Um, who else have we got? Oh, and I've just read um, Sally Hepburn's new one as well. Um, and that was it's just we've got so much talent here in Australia. Absolutely adored Sally's uh, The Family Next Door. That was riveting. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to taking – oh, and Anthea Hodgson has a new book as well. So I'm taking Anthea Hodgson, Sunny Overend and Lauren Chader all with me uh, on holidays to Europe. So hoping to knock over those three while I'm away. Oh, it's look, it's so exciting. It's so romantic. Summer, summer in Australia, everybody. If you're listening to this from overseas, I hope you're enjoying the snow and the wind and the cold. Tess is heading over your your way. We'll be on the coast, um, I guess, with our whiskies and our and our feet in the sand. Uh, look, thank you, Tess, for joining us for our summer series. It's been absolutely wonderful. Good luck with your writing retreats. Um, certainly, good luck with that beautiful new book of yours. And we look forward to talking to you on the podcast proper in 2018.